Welcome to Coffee and Tea with SNL. Everything you love about your favorite coffee shop, all wrapped up in a podcast. I'm Lisa, and I'm passionate about tea, travel, good food, and great conversations, and anything that makes me grow. I'm Sabine, and I create spaces that people enjoy. I'm also a wife, mother of two, a coffee lover, and enjoy a great scented candle. We're two great friends, committed to living our best lives and seeing others live theirs. Welcome to Coffee and Tea. Hello, Sabine. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. So how is the year going so far? What are your highs and your lows? I'm excited about 2020. I have to say that. I will start with my low. I had actually hoped to have my goals written down by now, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't make time. Pretty much allowed the busyness of the holidays and my family to distract me from goal planning essentially. But on my high, I will say that I have noticed that when it comes to a lot of the mundane tasks in life, whether that's just, you know, taking the kids to school or packing lunches or getting things done around the house and even just organizing my workspace, I don't get excited. I find those mm-hmm. things as uh, just everyday tasks that I have to do and I don't get motivated or excited to accomplish them. Um, but I have had victory over that recently because I've been talking about organizing and cleaning my workspace, for example. And at first I saw it as just daunting. There was so much to do, so much to clear out and organize. But visualizing the end result actually gave me motivation to get into action. And so, so happy. I even took before and after pictures of, of the progress. And so I just feel really good about that. Are you going to post them online? I will actually, I'll put it on, <laughs> I'll put it on our Instagram page. Cause I feel really proud. <laughs> Very cool. Kudos for getting that done. So what about you? How's your year going? So I will also start with my low because you know how I like to end on a high. So my low is very much related to my high and related to yours because I guess we're in that whole new year phase of what hopefully is not just a phase, but we're thinking about goals and striving to do new things and to grow in new ways. And so um, I've been making progress on my goals, actually, which is a good thing. That's good. What I've noticed, though, is that I keep beating myself up or not being perfect. And that's just been a bit frustrating. Like instead of just being excited that, look, I worked out every day this year except two days, I'm stuck on the two days I didn't work out instead of seeing that, okay, this is actually progress. (laughs) You worked out. You've worked out at this point more than you did all of last month. So yay. I think I've been caught up on the like the gap and the parts that are missing. So that's something that's been a low, just kind of that reminder that, to look at the good and look at the acknowledgement and to take the chance to acknowledge myself instead of getting caught up in what was lacking. So that's the low. Um, So the high is just I guess just how grateful I am and just the benefit of communities and and being in community, even if it's a physical community or a virtual one. So I think in this case, I I just love Lara Casey. Look her up. She's amazing. She owns the company Cultivate What Matters and she strives to help women achieve their goals, bottom line. And she does that through a number of things, including her 
planner called Power Sheets, which this will be my fourth year using Power Sheets and I love them. But she has all these questions and she makes you think about where you want to be when you're 80, 90, or 100. She makes you think about just making sure that you're really doing what matters with your time. And I think that I had a chance during the break to work on, do my pre-work to get really clear on my goals. And you know, my January goals are broken into daily, weekly, and monthly segments. And then I'm going to revisit them every quarter. So I'm excited about my goals and I'm engaged with my goals in a new way. So that's, that's my high. I love that. Engaged with your goals. She makes goal planning fun, actually. She does. And she's all about color and there's stickers and, you know, so she makes it a whole thing. Right. Um, but I love her. Totally not an ad. Just a big fan of Lara Casey and her Cultivate What Matters um, products and just the whole community. So. Well, that's exciting. Um, community is essential. Makes it, makes you it feel really like is. you're not by yourself, you know, so. Yeah, it makes all the difference for me, for sure. That's awesome. I'm so excited for today's interview. I know, me too. We're interviewing actually a good friend of yours um, from high school, I believe. We do, we do. In Nigeria. Um, today, I'm so excited to be introducing BC McGregor. She is the founder of Fear to Freedom. She's a certified fearless living coach, and she's also a TEDx speaker. Uh, BC, welcome to Coffee and Tea. Thank you. Hi, Sabine. Hi, Lisa. Hi, friend. So before we go any further, we have to talk about what's in your cup. So um, which side are you on? Are you <laughs> on the tea, tea side, the coffee I'm side? Waiting, what waiting. are you drinking? Drum oh, you're roll, drum roll. <laughs> I'm trying Black to drum roll coffee. over here. <laughs> coffee. Oh, I'm a coffee Black? drinker. Black yes. coffee. Black coffee. Wow. No, cream, no sugar, coffee. actually. No cream, no sugar. Just straight up. Wow. Is there a story to that? Like, why, why black coffee? You know, I'm just not a cream, milky type drinker. Um, and sometimes I do use sugar, but most times it's, I just need that jolt. I just need that coffee, that coffee taste, you know? It's just strong for me. And that's, that's the way I like it. That's the way I like it. I remember, I remember once before my mom says, what's going on with you? Just black. No way. You can't put some milk in it. I'm like, it's okay, mom. I'm the one drinking it. It's okay. Right. It's okay. Relax. It's okay. Yeah. But um, I've always drank white coffee black. Love it. And multiple cups a day, I might add. Oh, okay. Is there, a, is there a method to the madness in terms of the timing of the cups or is it just as needed? It's as needed. And I'll share this. I can drink coffee at any time of the day. Oh, you're it one does, of I those. Hear, yes. Yes, I hear people say, here. oh, no, I can't have coffee at night or eight o'clock. No, if I'm ready to sleep and I need something hot, coffee would do it. And I'll be sleeping 15 minutes after. It's okay. Same here. I can relate to that. I it's, love it. Yeah. I can drink it first thing in the morning to like give me a boost. But yeah, it doesn't keep me from if, if my body's really tired, it's going to shut down regardless of how many cups of coffee I've had. Exactly. Yes. That's funny. Yes. My mom was like that too. She would have co coffee at night and I never understood the like nightcap cup of coffee, <laughs> but okay. That's funny. Well, I am a cream girl. Um, so I definitely like my coffee with some cream and a lot of cream at that too. I feel like so. you do a lot of stuff. You're like cream and sugar. Like your coffee is decadent. They really are. <laughs> my favorite is probably a cafe au lait, which is like half coffee, half cream, so or half milk. So yeah, that's my favorite. But what about you, Lisa? Oh, yes. So today I'm being super fancy, as is my custom. I'm drinking a tea that I got from um, um, New York, that whole Belloc Tea Atelier place. And it's called um, 
Corazón de Cien Fuegos. And it's um, an organic blend of bracing hibiscus, lemongrass, lush rose petals, and lavender with a sweet wood of cinnamon. It's inspired by the rich cultural landscape of central Mexico. You take us to like another place. I know. So we're traveling with my tea today. (laughs) Yep. I have to do the most with my tea. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking. That is so funny. And I posted a picture on our Instagram so people can see it. It's actually really pretty. But yeah, that's what I'm drinking today. That is so funny. That sounds very pretty and super fancy. Well, yes, it does. Her teas always sound fancy. So funny. So yeah. So B, let's get right into it. Um, As... Sabine mentioned, we go way, 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 way back. Um, I was trying to figure out when we met exactly, but we definitely met in secondary school. Um, and it was a school I was in from the time I was, I guess, was it 12 to, I'm not even sure. Because it was from, basically, for those who don't understand the British system or how secondary schools work, it's grades 7 to 12. And we were in that school together. I feel like you transferred from somewhere else. What do you? Were you there the whole time? No, I did. So I started there, um, grade seven, and then left to another school. I was out for three years and then came back to that school. Right. And okay. finished off the last three. Years. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so I guess whatever age we started, 12 or whatever, we've known each other, I guess, since then. Did we meet before you left or when you came back? I don't remember that either, but long story short, we, we go way back. Totally way, way, way back. <laughs> way, way, way back. So it's so, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Um, I am just so inspired by you, so proud of you, um, just to see you living things we talked about. Um, and so before we get all into the meat of it, can you tell our listeners basically who you are and, um, you know, who you are, what you do, and um, let's start from there. Okay. Yes, I am super, super excited to be on here and super proud of you as well um, to see you living out this dream here. Um, so that is, I'm so glad to be a part of it. You know, it's like, it's, it's warm, warm to my heart. Oh, so um, I am Bessie McGregor and I am the founder of Fear of Freedom. I am, I consider myself a beacon of light to folks, a beacon of hope and possibility to folks. And what does that mean? I help professionals, high achievers, go-getters to go after what it is that they want in life without fear ever holding them back again. Mm. Because um, I know it's such a huge hindrance in a lot of people's lives, most people's lives, um, fear, and it comes in all kinds of shapes and forms. And it's held me back in so many ways. Um, in my life, in my whole journey. And when I cracked that code, when I figured that out, I was like, this is it. This is what I must take out into the world. So it's what I do now. My background before this um, was corporate finance. I was in in the beauty industry and the consumer goods industry for years, over 22 years in corporate finance. But what's interesting is whilst I was doing the numbers, I was always coaching in some way, shape, or form. I was always counseling some, someone. You know, I was always that person that someone comes to my office, knocks on the door, hi, um, I'm Jackie, and David said to come speak to you. Um, you don't know me, but they said it would be good to speak to you. And so I'd get all these referrals to my office just to get people through either a conflict resolution, a difficult conversation, or, you know, how they can 
up level themselves. So mm -hmm. yeah, so when I think about it, it's been there forever. This coaching bit of me has been there. Um, what else about me? I um, I'm a recent uh, Georgian resident. Right. Yes. Georgia. Yeah, I moved to Georgia a year ago, and uh, I thought you know I've always wanted to leave New Jersey, and it took me a while. It took me a while. And case in point, fear. Right. And once I decided, no, I'm going to make this decision. You're not making decisions for me any longer. I moved. And it's been incredible. I've loved it. I get to have black coffee on my deck. <laughs> I have breakfast whenever I want. So, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. Uh, what else about Bissy? I come from a big family. I think people... You do? Yeah. Consider me a big family person. Yep. I'm one of five. I am, I am a very, very, very active auntie. You are, <laughs> you are. <laughs> no lies there. <laughs> no lies there, no. Very active auntie to my eight nieces and nephews, and they range from 15 years old to one to a year old. And right. I'm incredibly, incredibly overjoyed um, when I'm with my, my kids, I call them my kids. Yeah. Yeah. So in a nutshell, that's busy. How did you decide to make the transition? How did you know when the right time was? Mm, mm, a very, very great question. Good question. Um, how did I make the transition? I'll tell you this with a lot of courage. Mm. A lot of courage. I can't even stress that enough. A lot of courage. Because this had been on my heart for a while. Yes. It's been on my heart for years. Um, when I realized, hey, I don't want to do numbers anymore. I, I just, I want to help people develop. I just want to do that, you know. Um, but I didn't have, first off, I didn't have a name for it. Secondly, I didn't know how to do it. And what I did realize later on was that I had been researching coaching institutes, but I didn't know. I didn't, I just, I wasn't drawn to anyone, any particular one. But, and I'll tell you what happened, how I made the transition life, life happened. Mm. You know, I'd gone to Nigeria for a two year mission with uh, my company at the time. And I just got married right before I left. Yeah. And, and that's coming off of a almost nine, 10 year relationship. So we got married before I went to Nigeria. So I'm there for two years. He's coming back and forth as well. But the relationship had always kind of been a roller coaster as is all relationships. Right. But, um, and here's where fear comes in. It has you settling for less than you want or less than you desire or deserve. Mm. And that's what I was doing, you know, and whilst I was doing that, I was disappearing. Mm. And what I also realized is, sure, that's my personal life. But guess what? It's still it's happening in my professional life as well, because I didn't I no longer wanted to be in finance, but I didn't have the courage to get out of it. So these things are happening professionally and personally. But it got to a point where. I say to folks that I just, I couldn't breathe any longer. It's like, I couldn't breathe professionally or personally. So when I moved back here, there was a day I just said, I needed to go and just be. So I ended up driving out to this yoga meditation, meditation center in Massachusetts, um, Kripalu. Okay. And, and I witnessed this lady speaking. I mean, and she, her, the title of her talk was, her session was Fearless Living, Live the Life Your Soul Was Intended. Oh. And I lied to you not, Sabine Lisa. What I a thought title. it said, 
I thought it said, Bissy, live the life your soul was intended. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it, it definitely did. <laughs> I mean, so I knew I, I had to be in that room. Yeah, right. totally. So, and I got in the room and I, as soon as I saw her, my being, this wasn't even conscious. It wasn't logical. It wasn't intellectual. My being knew, recognizes that's it. That's what you're meant to be doing just helping people through this. And that was it. And I just said to her, I don't know where you're from, but I want to shadow you and blah, blah, blah. But little did I know she was actually there recruiting people who wanted to be coaches because she had an institute and you didn't need to tell me anything. And I just did it. So when did I know it was the right time? I think from the inside, I just knew the, mm -hmm. it was like the clock, just, just tick tock, boom, this is it this is it. So that started my journey into studying it, you know, okay. studying and training. When I left is a different story, but we'll see if we'll get there. That's another one. Okay. Um, so I guess how long have you been on your own doing, running your business basically? So I've been running the business for almost four years now, but I've been running the business full time for a little over a year. Okay. Incorporate in May 2018. So since we're still on that topic, talk, talk us through that again. How did you do that journey from, okay, I started this. I, this is my soul recognizes that this is what I meant to do, but I'm still doing it with my day job. Yes. Tell us about the journey to doing this Ooh, full time. That was, that was, uh, here's the thing when, at least what I, what I, what I realized was when you figure out what your soul does want and what it's intended to do and live, you find the energy because my job was, was very demanding. My nine to five was very demanding. I was middle management or upper management, depending on how you look at it. Um, I had a team I was managing. So I was there. I was at the office 12, 14 hours a day. Mm. And I lived in New Jersey. I worked in New York. So there's a commute time. It's about an hour 15 each way. Oh, wow. So all of that's happening. And I'm still studying and training to be a coach. And then when I started taking on clients, study clients, that would happen at, at night. So I'm here at night or at five o'clock in the morning because um, I have clients from all over the world. And um, like I said, it took courage. It took consistency, commitment, mm -hmm. all of that. And eventually, I just, you know, it, I think it just beca became more confirmed, more confirmed every, every passing day that this is it. This is it. This is where I must be. So what eventually happened was I thought, it's, here's a funny thing. I thought I was in the closet at, from my nine to five. I thought I was in a closet of a, being a coach. Okay. Like people yeah. didn't know this, you mean, in the closet? Nobody, yeah. I thought nobody knew <laughs> this job. I was the only one. Mind you, I'm the one that gets, gets said, gets um, referred to, hey, go talk to Bissy about X, Y, Right. Because you said that was happening before you even did all exactly. this. Exactly. So but for whatever reason, <laughs> I thought I was in a closet. And then one day, so once I got certified as a trainer, I remember that day vividly we left Colorado, the training, and the whole directive was, all right, go start doing talks, you know, start in your local library or in your living room. And I said, all right, I'm going to get my sister and my cousin and my mother, just four people I'm going to start in my living room. And then I go to work, I think it was about almost two weeks after, 
and I get people coming to me, hey, Betsy, so you're going to do it? You're going to do it? I said, you're going to do what? What? Right. <laughs> you're going to do what? Um, you're going to do the talk. I think you should do it. What are you talking about? So I did see this email that said L'Oreal had par- partnered with Ted. And the way my being recognized <laughs> this lady at, the, at Kripalu, my being knew, you better open that email. Mm. And once I did that, I was like, ah, may- maybe not. Let me check the other things that I need to do. So then people kept coming and saying, so are you going to do it? So eventually I, I um, opened up the email and it was L'Oreal and TEDx, Ted are going to do this TEDx event in New York City. So people kept coming to me saying, I think you should do this, Bissy. You need to do this. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute. Am I in the closet or am I not? What's wow. going on? Like right. people know. You're not, <laughs> yeah. Forget starting in your library. Exactly. <laughs> like- and that, that's exactly what I said to them. Back up. I'm only trying to get four people in my living room. I'm not doing this with 100 people right. in the audience. And then transmit it to thousands of people around the world. No. But I love it. Story short, I love it. I ended up signing up and boom, I did the TEDx uh, talk and talk about being out of the closet. Then I was truly out of the closet. So, Yeah. How? So that pulled me out. Yeah, we love that <laughs> yes, TED Talk, by that, the way. That was probably one of my favorite TED Talks. Oh, like, wow. It was, the, well, one, the length was just perfect. It just grabbed all of my attention. Mm-hmm. And the, the subject, it was called Building Confidence in the Face of Fear. It's just one of those titles that just smacks you right in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, for anybody who has not uh, listened to the TED Talk, can you share a little bit about what you uh, talk about on the, on the yeah. um, TED Talk? Absolutely, yeah. And so the whole concept about building confidence in the face of fear is, is that fear is always there. And the whole idea of it being there is it's there to keep you safe. That that's, that's its job. I love that point. Yeah. That's its job. That's its sole purpose. And it does its job quite well. And it's relentless. (laughs) Exactly. You know, um, but here's the thing, as it's doing its job and keeping us safe, what happens also is it prevents us from growing. Mm -hmm. And the, the way we are wired, we are wired to grow. But yet this thing is here at our beck and call right there, whether we want it or not. So what I do in that talk is um, offer a tool that I was blessed to learn from the Fearless Living Institute that says that has you painting your comfort zone, which is basically your familiar area. What is it that's familiar to you with regards to whatever it is you want to achieve? And then anytime you step out of that area. What happens is that is when your fears come up and they show up. And again, a lot of people think it's scared, afraid, you know, oh my God, woo, the boogeyman. No, your fears don't look like that all the time. Sometimes it's you when you say, I'm anxious, I'm nervous. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. I don't want them to think X, Y, and Z about me. Or I need to show them I'm certified here, there, and the other place. Those are all fears. Those are all fears. Not being able to say I'm sorry or thank you. Those are all fears. Not being able to ask for what you want. So anytime you're stepping out of your familiar territory, your fears are ignited. And that's when it goes, uh, where are you going? I've been assigned to keep you in your comfort zone. And we all know nothing grows in your comfort zone. Nothing. Everything you want and desire are outside of your comfort zone. So what I do in the talk is talk about how you take those baby steps 
out of your comfort zone. And the important thing is to know, realize that your fears will show up. Yes. Yeah. And the second thing to do is do not argue with it. Don't, don't try to justify, just say, I see you. I got you. I'm moving and move. Right. And the, the other, the last important point about this building this confidence is once you step out of your comfort zone and do the thing, acknowledge yourself. Like many people are waiting for the finish line to get patted on the back, to get yes. their names called. Yep. No, you've got to celebrate the forward movement. And mm-hmm. here's the thing about this, this um, the idea, idea is that it doesn't matter how well you step out of your comfort zone. It doesn't matter how well you do. What I want you to do is acknowledge forward movement. So right. for example, I mean, what are we saying here? Um, if I drink five cups of coffee a day, that's my comfort zone. And I really want to get down to two a day. And I try tomorrow to do two and I only, and I get to four. Acknowledge yourself for that. It's not right. where you want to be, but acknowledge yourself for that, that forward movement. Because this progress. starts to tell your brain that, hey, we can do it. Okay, four is okay. You do the next day, three. Boom, before you know it, you're at your two goal. And this is how you get to build that foundational confidence and in the face of fear. What I loved most about your TED Talk was that I feel like you were having a conversation with the audience, but you were also explaining how you have a conversation with fear, which I loved because I don't think I ever heard anybody explain that just quite like that before. Like you're like, fear, I, you have to say fear, I got this. We're, yeah. we're good. How do we, I feel like fear can tend to be so loud at times though, that um, sometimes it kind of controls the whole conversation. So how do we quiet that down? Mm, mm, Beautiful. Yeah. So, and this is what I work with, with my clients to help you recognize your voice of fear, because everyone has a voice of fear. And it's different for everyone. For some people, it's loud. For some people, it isn't. Okay. But it's knowing the difference. You know, there's a quote that says, um, a research that says, 80% of your decisions are fear-based, of our decisions are fear-based, which means you're always choosing something based on your fear, based on a certain Mm -hmm. outcome, not what you want. And it can be as little as, I'm not going to ask the question because... I don't want to be seen as I'm going to attend that party so they don't think I'm antisocial, whatever it is. Yeah. So, and it, so it differs for each person. How do you quiet it is recognizing what your voice of fear is because the moment you can dial up your awareness, you know, uh Oh, you're driving the show. Nope. Give me back the steering wheel. So the first step to quieting your fears is recognizing what it is. Is this, is this fear or is this freedom? Which is what is either fear or freedom. Is this fear or is this busy? Because the core of you, the essence of you isn't fear at all. You know, so you would know. So what I do with my clients is you get to understand language of fear, um, the thought process and what it feels like in your body. So that loudness that you talk about too, you get to notice it in your body because your fear, your brain also doesn't know the difference, whether it's a physical threat or or an emotional threat. You know, somebody says, come speak in front of uh, 2000 people versus you imagining, oh my God, my husband is going to walk in and give me a divorce. 
you're trembling the same way. It doesn't know the difference. But you must be able to recognize what are the fears for me? What does it look like? And then, only then, can you say, ah, I got this. I got this. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I appreciate you clarifying too that we all have, we need to know kind of the language of fear, or the voice of fear in our life and how that's different from person to person. And I think fear really is insidious. Like it's everywhere and it shows up in so many different ways, which you just spoke to as well. Because I think so often people can think, oh, this is what fear looks like. So my heart has to be palpitating. I have to have sweaty palms and be having a panic attack, but not realizing that the I'm going to the party so people don't think I'm antisocial yeah. is fear. Yeah. Not realizing that, you know, I can't say no because people need to like me and this, I should be kind and I'm this good Christian person who should give is fear. Yeah, you got it. I mean, you got it. And I love that you use the word should because that's the main culprit. Like if you ever want to find out if you're in fear or not, your language will always depict it. Mm. And when you use the word should, that is, that is the major culprit. You should, I should, they should. It sets you up for these expectations that, and we know what happens with expectations. Oh, yes. Always, yeah. You know, so yes, should is a big, big indicator that ah, there's some fear. Fear is running somewhere. the show. Right. Yes. yes. So you talk about language and I think language is so important in general as a communicator. I think that, but I, I just think as people, language reveals a lot of things, as you just mentioned. One of my favorite things about you is the way you talk about and have reframed failure. I know that's something that cripples me is just that whole, oh, I don't want to fail at things or this was a failure. So I can no longer do X anymore. Can you talk about your perspective on failure and how we can try to re reframe that for ourselves? Mm, oh, failure has been, oh goodness. That's been a huge lesson, lesson for me because so, and I, I'll share a story with you. So I, I got a divorce a few years ago and I remember going through my coaching um, with my coach and I, was, I just had this hang up about the divorce. I was like, I failed. It failed. Therefore, I can, I, I don't deserve to date anymore. I don't deserve mm -hmm. to, that, that love anymore. This, no, because I failed. It was so heavy. It was so blocking. It was weighty. It was almost like I couldn't, it, I couldn't move forward. I couldn't forgive myself. I couldn't wipe the slate clean. I couldn't do anything. I was crippled. And I'm not sure what it was I was looking for when I thought it's just failure. I failed. But the moment I shifted, the moment I shifted and saw that Without that, without that incident, without that divorce, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be able to tell you this story that I'm telling you right now. Be until I made that shift, that failure literally is, is, is a learning, is a, it's a learning tool, is a stepping stone. It's, mm. it's a stepping block in the process, in the journey. It is part of the process. Not, there's nothing that failed. Until then, I was trapped, mm. trapped completely. So what I've been able to do is count everything 
as as uh, as part of the process it's a step in the process all the so-called failures are a step in the process it's the same thing when i came corporate i thought oh my god i've failed here no it's a step in the process so i think once we can um see quote unquote what we call failures as indicators of it doesn't work that way Mm. now there's an option to do it a different way because at least you've eliminated that part right you know i think we free ourselves for for more and um one of the big ways that helped me reframe failure and i teach my clients is compassion compassion and when i say compassion a lot of times when people talk compassion they think it's compassion for other people and in my world compassion for yourself first Mm. And it's you being able to look at yourself and say to yourself, I did the best I could with what I had at the moment, with the tools, with the information, with the resources I had, and it's okay. Right. Because until you do that, you're not going to be able to move. But once you're able to gift yourself compassion for whatever it is you claim you failed at, you, you know, once you gift yourself that, you open yourself up for, for more. You open yourself up for a new beginning. You're wiping the slate clean to start over. You know, and that's what compassion does. And it's so key in reframing failure, compassion. Because I don't know why we think we got to know it all, do it all, do right. it the best and all of that do it perfectly and that's I'm not sure why the word perfect exists because there oh, is nothing perfect right that's true yeah, yeah. So. that should be removed from the vocabulary <laughs> let's just do it let's agree to that we never use that word again it's not real yeah so we just get ourselves in trouble with this thing this perfect thing and that's where the fear comes in you gotta do it perfect you gotta do it oops you failed because it wasn't perfect right yeah yeah so compassion is key in reframing failure Okay, so two quick things. So it's when you were talking about that, we've got to do it perfect. I heard um, this podcast the other week, and they talked about the fact that even perf- you know people can talk about, oh, I'm a perfectionist, so that means I'm not going to do anything unless it's going to be perfect, which, to your point, doesn't exist. And also, even when you think about the idea of quote-unquote perfecting something, it means something exists. Then you keep improving upon it. So it, seeing it from that perspective of, Let's just create and then we can make it better versus being held captive by this illusion of perfection. Um, So that, yeah, that just reminded me of that. Totally. And it's so funny. I like what you said. Well, you said you're just all of a sudden you're thinking about you got to keep perfecting and you're on this wheel. And it's what I call what uh, in Fearless Living we call the wheel of fear. Oh, yes. This hamster on this wheel of fear just going, oh, I think I got to get it right. No. Yeah. Okay. Just keep going, going, going. You're never satisfied. You're unhappy. You want you want to do it well. You want to do it right. You want a peace of mind, but you can't get off the wheel of fear, and that's what fear does. Yikes! Um, the, again, there's so much there. So I have a quick question about compassion because I've heard. I'm pretty sure you're the one who said that self love includes your past self, and I remember thinking, "Whoa, yes, I need help with that." So to your point, compassion starting with us because the truth of the matter is we can't give to anyone else what we don't already have right and if we we're not kind to ourselves or gracious with ourselves we can't be that for other people Mm -hmm. but when i think about compassion it's so hard for me 
even right now, I can look back and think, oh, if I could see 20-year-old Lisa right now, I would smack her for X, Y, Z. And there are many things I thought I did really well, but there are a couple of things that I'm kind of stewing about um, and tempted to really regret. How do you make peace? Like, what are some practical ways we can show compassion to not just who we are today, but our former selves? So, yes, and I love that you bring that up because it is, it's loving who you were, who you are, who you're going to be. It's loving the whole package. And there, you know, a lot of times, it, I, I like what you say when you said, you know, I could go back at my 20-year-old Lisa and say, I want to smack her. I want to, but you won't be the Lisa you are today without that right. version of that 20-year-old. So, so if you can love yourself today, you got, you owe it. Don't you owe it to your previous versions of Lisa to thank them. Right. Getting you to where you are right now, you know? So, but there are little things, you know, literally going through, I did the best I could with what I had at the time, like going through that in your head or writing mm -hmm. that down. Yeah. Um, or you put, putting your hand on your heart and just, you know, speaking to yourself, what do you, what do I need? And be still, be still and listen to what you need because it will tell you, what do you need? You know, it's a lot of times we, we are quick to forgive a child. We are quick to, oh, you're, you don't think you're a good mother. No, it's okay. You're such a great mother. Right. How about if you offer yourself that gift? What if you were to look at yourself that kindly? Mm. You know, what, what would be possible for you? So it's really beginning to shift like that. And again, this is where the tool that I talked about in TEDx event um, comes into play. Maybe you're not able to love all of you 20 years ago right away, but start very little. Just right. start very little is the baby steps. I'm where I am today because I made those choices when I was 23. Well, thank you, 23-year-old. Right. Yeah. Just those little steps. I know for... For me, I tend to struggle with knowing something intellectually versus knowing on a heart level, if that makes sense. So like, for example, um, recently I've just been, I'm an interior designer by trade and um, recently I've just been feeling like stuck as far as like what the next move should be in and my business and so forth. I feel like in my head, I know that I, when I set my heart to something, I can do it. Um, I know that in my head, right? It's kind of like reading a, a quote and you're like, yep, that's true. Don't know if that's true for my life, but yep, that, that is, it's a fact. I struggle with actually believing it to be true if that makes sense. Yeah. How do you, and I know recently you wrote a blog post, which I really liked about doubt and fear. What does that conversation look like with doubt and fear? And how do you, I, I guess, that. recommend, how do you recommend having that conversation with ourselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. There is, I feel like the, the descendants of the, or the babies of fear will always include doubt, always. Um, and you started the, 
your statement with I'm an interior designer by trade and sometimes you feel stuck because you're thinking what should be the next step in my in my in my business or in my career and right there is where who who says there is a next step or is there a next step the what should mm. what should where is it is it written down somewhere where where is it the question is what do you want right it becomes yeah. what you want and all it is 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 a decision so a lot of times doubt comes in and grows and festers when we are in indecision you know we're just in limbo yeah and a lot of times we move we're able to move when it's, it's literally a decision every step you take is a decision period what do you want your next step to be i want to be the next interior designer for all of north america boom that's the decision. And then you start planning towards that. Mm. You know, it's literally a decision. And that's, that's one of the ways to overcome doubt. And it's, it's literally saying, okay, I'm doubting this, that, and I'm doubting my ability here. Well, what, what is true for me now? And what's the, 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 the one step I can take right now, this moment, not 10 years from now, not 20 years from now, not five days from now, right now, what can I do right now? But yeah, um, fear will have you doubting yourself, your abilities, everything. And it comes. It comes. I, I deal with doubt all the time. It comes visiting. Hey, you sure you really want to run a live event that big? You've never done it. Of course, we have. Yes. I've never done a live event that big. Okay, but, you know, this is where I get to practice. Mm. You know, so that's the kind of conversation because it's going to try to all it wants to do, fear and doubt, is keep you in familiar territory, what you already do, what you already know. Right. Yeah. And so no growth happens there. Exactly. So it's making a de decision to say, yeah, I see you. I got you. I see you, doubt. Okay. Yes, I've, I haven't done it before, which means I don't know the thing. Okay. I, I'm okay with it, but I'm willing to practice and take the step. So it's, that's, what, that's why I said in my journey for transition to transition, my uh, careers, it took a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to make that decision and move. And I guess that it, that's why it's so important back to what you said about any progress that we do, like celebrating them. Yeah. Yes. That builds our confidence. Yeah. I love so that. Crucial. So crucial. Thank you. I wrote decision, big and bold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say something about decision. We are, we're always making a decision. Question is, is it out of, is it based out of fear of freedom? Mm. One. And then your indecision is a decision. And, um, oh. and, and I also tell you that how quickly and how easily we make decisions out of fear and because it's a decision, it is. So you hear people say, okay, I'm going to plan for this, but what happens if it doesn't work out? So I'm going to do that. You've already made a decision that it's not mm. going to work out. That yeah. is a decision. Yeah. Ah, that, I do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you have so to say true. a bit more about the your indecision is a decision because I'm like, that just hit me in the gut. Mm, yeah. Um, Yes. Unpack that for us further, please. Yeah. No, I mean, think, think about it. Um, 
hey, um, uh, Lisa, do you want to invest in this uh, thing in January? Um, let me think about it. Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to. I don't. I kind of want to. You've decided to stay in limbo. Right. And the opportunity is passing. It's, it's done. And then you, you, you wonder, oh, what's going on? I mean, I posted right. something today. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> I posted something. There was an interesting conversation I had, New Year's 2019. I had a conversation with a potential client who just had it. A mother of two, just, you know, her career wasn't where it wanted to be. And she's been at this for about 20 years and just ready to break through. Fine, let's, you know, let's, I can help you. Let's work, let's work on this together. And she was going to give me a decision December 31st, but she didn't show up. Mm. She didn't show up. Okay, fine. And then I followed up. Hey, what's going on? What's your decision? Are, we, are you doing this or not doing this? And she says, well, the, the truth is I cannot afford your program. In fact, I cannot afford your program this year. So mm. thank you. I know it would be great for me, but you know, no, I can't afford your program. And right there, that was January 2nd, 2019. And, I, okay. and it hit me in my gut. And I was like, oh my gosh, he literally just made a decision. And then you wonder why you're broke in May middle of the year because you've already called it in January. You already made a decision that I won't have it this year. Oh, wow. You already called it. And you're living into that. And you're living into that. And our words. So it reminds me, I thought about that this morning. And I posted on social media this morning. It it was a quote that I heard from Ayala Vincent. And I thought, oh my God. She says, our our mouths are always continually birthing. And I totally agree with that. We are continually birthing Mm. with our mouths, with our words, the words we speak. Um, And it's in those decisions we make. Wow, that's so that's true. That's powerful. I feel Thank like you for that. I feel like there's a book about like what we say to ourselves. Oh, well, I don't know, I, but it's so important. So important. It's so important. Um, and so often we can think, oh, I'm just being, I'm just telling the truth or saying it like it is. But it's true. Yeah. The words we, when I think about even God created everything that we know from words. Like the power of word is just, yeah. it, nothing is more powerful. And I think it's one of the things we take so, so lightly um, when it really has the life, the, the power of life and death. Yes. That's yes. intense. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question about energy. I know you're very conscious of your energy. You're miss. I run a hundred miles a day. <laughs> um, you know, you're like, Oh, my energy's off. Let me go. You know, like you're very conscious of the energy you bring to all of your interactions. Yeah. And I know that that's something that's kind of trendy right now. Like, oh, keep that bad energy over there or whatever. But I guess what's your relationship to energy? How do you stay in tune with yours and essentially get it to keep you in an optimal state and to produce great results? Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, I have all kinds of, not all kinds, but I have rituals I do like okay. um, to make sure I'm a tip-top energy. My mornings have to begin with silence, meditation, visualization. Okay. Whether it's a minute or two, you know, that has to happen. Otherwise, my day is off. My energy is off Mm. until I stop. Like if I happen to wake up and, you know, just run to a call or whatever, as soon as I, I have to stop at some point and just be silent, 
be silent and get back in tune with my home, my body, my spirit. Only, only, only then do I see some type of um, calm, so right. to speak. Um, and then we just talked about it. Part of keeping my energy high and in a positive, in a productive uh, state are those words. The words I speak, the words I hear, the words I allow in my space. And what's interesting is now my body tells me when I'm not in the, in the right space for my energy. Like my body is already just repulsive. It's like, okay, I can't be here. It's not working. You know, so it's picking and choosing who I surround myself with, what I surround myself with, um, and the words I speak, my thoughts, which are, which are probably even more, more difficult to, to control than your words, the thoughts that are going on in my head, that stuff is, is always, um, it's always a challenge every day, mm. but it's calling myself to order every time, it's being conscious of it. What keeps me up, up to is really my silent time and meditation. That, that bit is, is huge for me. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. So I guess in terms of what you do, like, so if, again, meditation is one of those things. We all have it on our New Year's resolutions. What do, what do you do in that time? Like kind of talk us through, yeah, what that looks like and what you hope to accomplish in those times for mm-hmm. someone who's used to having that kind of practice. So I do a couple of different things, you know, some mornings it's um, like yesterday I did, I literally was just silent for about 10 minutes, just Mm -hmm. listening to my heart. And sometimes I ask a question and I'm just still, I think yesterday it was just, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And that was it. Just silent. Um, Sometimes it's a guided meditation depending on what I'm called to do. Maybe it's a gratitude meditation, maybe it's a focus Whatever it is I'm called for, whatever it is I'm drawn to that day, um, I may do a guided and then do a visualization. And a lot of my visualizations are really visualizing my goals, what it is that I want for myself, whether my personal or professional life. And it's literally seeing, seeing the end play out, seeing me celebrating it at the end, you know, because again, remember our brains don't know the difference if it's happening or not. So as far as it's concerned, it's already happening. Right. That's me just training my brain to, all right, this happened. Let's, you know, now let's, now I got to just catch up with it physically, you know? So, um, and then something else I do do is journal. Mm. Depending, I journal every day. Um, Sometimes the content of the journaling could come from the meditation. Okay. Or um, if it doesn't, or it, if it doesn't, it's just, I make sure I write some gratitudes, make sure I mainly gratitudes. That, that right there is for me, it's a huge prayer. Mm. Gratitudes. Yeah. I love that. Gratitude is so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like and, it changes our mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I think we talked about, you talked about doubt, gratitude and doubt cannot live in the same space. Gratitude mm. and complaining, they can't dwell in the same, yeah, that's true. in the same place at all. So it's, which one do you want to dwell with? Gratitude right. or doubt? Gratitude <laughs> or doubt. Yes. Very true. 
Um, so BC, as a fearless living coach, um, how does your coaching, I guess, separate you from other coaches, you would say? First off, um, my channel that I use is fear, and we all have it. Mm. We all have it. Um, I remember just recently someone saying, well, I think I've been on a health journey, and I want to get a health coach. Do you think you're going to be able to help me with the health, or do I really just need a health coach? And I recall saying to her, um, my last round of coaching, I had two health coaches there. So that tells you something. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my work, my coaching, really, it, it touches so many facets of your life, if not all, because fear exists in all of them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one, one bit of it. Uh, number two is I've lived this. I'm a personal walking testimony embodiment of fearless living work. Um, I've gone through the... Well, the, the throes of life and mm-hmm. come out on the other side and I've done it using fearless living tools. Yes. You know, and I'm still walking and oh my goodness, it's been a life, life changing experience for me. Um, so that I can bring, I bring to the table that firsthand experience uh, to my clients and I'm there with you. And I, so I know, so what that means is I know what you're going through. I can empathize with you. I know what it takes. I know when you're shaking in your boots and you're saying, oh my God, but I can't. But I really, no, really, really, I cannot. I get it because I've been there. Right. I've been there and I can walk you. I can walk you side by side with you alongside right. your journey. Yeah. So I bring that to the table and that sets me apart from a lot of, a lot of coaches. The other big thing is with every fear we uncover, there's an antidote. Hmm. And that's very different from what you see out there with coaches say, yeah, okay, so you're scared. All right, so just try harder. Just push, just push. Mm, yeah. Just push. No, um, in my work with you, I'm not telling you to quit beating yourself up. I'm not telling you to quit it. I'm not telling you to quit complaining, but right. I'm shifting your mindset. We're introducing a new skill, a new tool. And before you know it, beating yourself up or complaining all of a sudden just disappears. Or the length of it isn't as much. The frequency of it is decreased. The intensity of it has decreased. You notice, oh, you're, you're doing more gratitude. Hmm. I'm not really complaining. So what happens for me with my, my work with my clients is it's an effortless and easy shift. Hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times, most of my clients say, I, I, don't, I can't place my finger on it. I don't know. Something's happening, but I'm, I'm walking with my head higher. I'm walking right. taller. There's something going on. Yeah. So... Yes. So that's what I bring to the table. What makes me different. I love that. I think, so one of the things that struck me as someone who's known you for years is the, just the level of vulnerability you have. Uh, Now, I feel like you've always had that one-on-one, but it's amazing to me to see how public you are about things that in the past, like most of us would be like, oh, I don't want to talk about my divorce. Oh, I don't want to talk about failure. Like, but you have that on your webpage. I remember actually Sabine and I, when we were preparing for this, she was like, oh, 
she was reading something on the website and she was like she's had three divorces three i was divorces. like three divorces i was like no she hasn't i was like that's so she has not had three divorces and then i went i was like let me explain <laughs> i was like i would know that like stop lying um so yeah so I go to the, you know so she then explains it i was like oh like okay got it you know but but even that the fact that you even put your like that you put all of these things or even your divorce on your website. You did not have to do that. Like that's clearly a choice that you made. And I guess, how do you navigate that whole, the vulnerability piece? A, I applaud you for it. I want to be like you when I grow up. And um, what's your, I guess, what's your perspective on that as someone who is a public figure? Mm, thank you. Oh my God. I feel like this is the first time I've heard that a public figure. Oh, geez. You are my friend. You are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The level of vulnerability sometimes um, I, I'm also shocked by it. Um, but here's what I know to be true on an intellectual um, base uh, is that the, the through point of connectivity with people lies in the, the depths of the vulnerability. Mm. So you connect with people um, deeper, as deep as as vulnerable you can be, right? So that's very just that's very intellectual. So yes. if I want to connect with you, let me share this. Let me share that. Yep. Um, however, on a spiritual level, on a higher self level, I know what I'm called to do, and I know these things that I've been through are are gifts for me and to me. Mm. Yet not for me to keep for myself. They're gifts for me to put out into the world. Mm. So a lot of times, believe it or not, when I am being vulnerable, when I'm sharing some of the stories, it's only when I'm done with the feed, I'm like, oh my God, did I just share that? Nice. Oh <laughs> my God, I didn't know. So sometimes it literally just comes through mm. and um, I've surrendered, really. I've surrendered to being that vessel and to really just giving out those gifts. Cause I, I truly, truly believe the gifts that we have, which includes the, um, the, the bumpy roads, the scary um, curves in the, in the, in our journey are not for us to hoard. They're really for us to right. give to other people. And that's the only way I can, I can let people know that everything you have is already inside of you. You're more powerful than you think you are. Right. You, know, you can do this. There's so much possible for you. Uh, the only way I can do that is to share me. Mm. Yeah. Um, everything you say leads me to like 10 other questions. Could we just have a whole, I guess we just need to come to your live event. So we'll, we'll talk more about the details of what you have coming up, but I have to ask this one question. Um, cause a friend specifically told me to ask, um, uh -oh. <laughs> and it is, how do you find peace? How do you make your peace with not accomplishing the things you always set out to accomplish? Mm, mm. Compassion is almost always the answer, right? <laughs> Okay. It all yeah. goes back to compassion. Yeah. It, it really does. I mean, and compassion, a lot of people think, no, but if I'm being compassionate with myself, I'm being, you know, I'm indulging myself. I'm not being, I don't know when being hard on yourself ever worked. It doesn't. We sure. keep doing yeah. it, but it doesn't actually work. It just makes you exactly. feel crappy and do nothing. Exactly. So um, compassion is not being uh, indulgent. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not letting you off the hook. Let's put it that way. It's literally giving yourself a break 
and the space to then, you know, what do I want to do now? Take another decision. Mm. That's, that's it. So how do I make peace with that? Is that compassion and forgiveness, which is a, it's a, it's a daily practice. Right. And it's, which is just, okay, I'm wiping the slate clean. Oh, it happened two minutes ago. I'm wiping the slate clean, period. That's it. That is it. Wiping it clean. That's it. And every, every minute if you need to do it. Right. And wiping it clean, meaning, so I'm, okay, I did, I'm starting again with new dreams and new direction, or how do you mean that? Starting over simply means, or clean slate simply means what happened, happened. I have a blank page in front of me. I can right. do whatever I choose and decide. Right. So you want to craft a new goal, a new dream? Let's do it. You want to continue with a dream you have and just do it differently? Let's do Let's that do too. It. But it's not hinging on, quote unquote, a past failure or I didn't, I didn't accomplish this, you know? I didn't accomplish my financial goal for 2019. Whoopsie do. What's going to happen? Am I not going to focus on 2020? That's done. It's over. How, am I, how are we going to make 2020 happen? Right. Yeah. But our fears want you to just ruminate over, but see, you didn't do it well. See, you didn't accomplish it. Da, da, da. And it takes you away from your power. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Uh, I feel like I am learning so much and taking away so much. much. Um, But BC, where can our listeners find you? I know they talk, if you want to talk a little about your live event that's coming up, where can they find you online, social media? Yeah. So social media, um, BC McGregor, and that's M-A-C, Bissy McGregor on Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. And uh, BissyMcGregor.com as well. But I do have a special gift for your listeners. Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah. I have a gift for your listeners. Uh, You're welcome. So this gift is really, and we talked about, you know, how do you get to know the voice of your fear? How do you, how do I know if I'm in fear or in freedom? How do I get out of it? And the first step is really awareness. So the gift that I have for you is a package that will get you started on figuring out who's really running the show? Am Mm. I in the driver's seat or is it my fear? So it contains um, a quiz. It contains um, a little training and it contains also a list of fear responses so that you know, you recognize these behaviors. What is that? Is that fear? Is that not? Basically you start becoming aware. Mm. So you can, your, um, your listeners can access it going to bit.ly forward slash gift from Bissy, and that would be a capital g capital f and capital b so it's bit.ly forward slash gift from Bissy. okay perfect and we'll make- have all this on the show, show notes yeah. and on instagram so that they can reach it so awesome. thank you thank you so much just for ah just for your knowledge your experience your vulnerability your time we we had so much fun i feel like we learned so much and took away so much from our talk I did too. This was great. I love these talks. I love them. They energize me. (laughs) Thank you. You have energized and inspired us. And um, I mean, there's so much here. Thank you for, that's the other thing I actually wanted to mention. I so appreciate you being the kind of woman that gives great quality for free because you just demonstrated that just now. Like you're like, I have a gift for your listeners. And you know, I had the privilege of being in a coaching group that you had for nine months last year. And 
it was life-giving. Honestly, this podcast was born out of that. Like having that support of like, just do it already. I don't think this podcast would exist if I hadn't been in that accountability group, which again, you did just out of the kindness of your heart for like 40 of us, or however many of us were in that group. So thank you for being an example of how when we give and serve others, so much of that comes back to us. And I feel like you're a great example of that as well. So thank you for your generosity today in general, in life to our listeners. And um, yeah, so what is the next thing people should be looking for where you're concerned? What's the next big thing? So whether people can make it or not, what's the next major thing you're looking forward to? Sure. Uh, First off, thank you. Um, It's so my pleasure to give and thank you so much um, for that, uh, Lisa. Oh, goodness. Uh, I am so excited. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you just asked me this because I'm so excited about this. Um, It is called Fear to Freedom Live. It is my first live event in Nigeria. Oh, my goodness. That's exciting. So excited because this has been on my heart for years. Just wanted to take this work back home right and it is here it is here it is not like I tell people this is not your usual feel-good conference rah rah and everybody goes no you're walking away a changed person when you step into that room into that container you are not walking out the same way you came in and that's for the better you know so I am so excited to bring this out there it's it's one mission eradicating the fears that block you that sabotage you that keep you playing small period. Mm. That is it. That's the mission. Okay. So that is February 15th in Abuja and nice. February 22nd in Lagos. It's a full day workshop and it's going to be incredible. That's awesome. I didn't realize it was going to be in two cities. That's awesome. Yeah. I just added Abuja uh, not too long because I kept getting, Hey, I want to attend, but I'm not in Abuja. Please do Abuja. And Abuja okay. has Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Well, thank you again for all of this. We will put all your links so that people know where to find you. And you're awesome. I'm excited to see what lies ahead. Thank you for taking the time. This has been really great. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Thank you. Much love to you, too. Thank you, Sabine. Thank you, Lisa. That interview was full of so many gems. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad it's recorded because I definitely wanted to sit there with my notebook um, writing furiously. So yeah, that was great. I think so many things stand out to me. Just even the whole just make a decision piece, I think is one of the things I'm really stuck with. Like just make a decision and then work the steps to making that decision a reality. And even when you're in limbo, the fact that that is a decision, I mean, like you're choosing in a sense to be stuck, which is weird because I never feel like I'm choosing to be stuck when I am. But just that whole not deciding is a decision. Yeah, that was huge. (laughs) This episode, I really enjoyed BC. So um, we'll definitely have to have her again in the future. So yes, so much more to talk about. Let's wrap. So what are you, who are you taking out for tea or coffee this week? I am actually really excited about my kudos. um, And I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Um, I would take out... Um, Galine Emmanuel, and she is Haitian. And I'm so excited. She just created this travel bag called The Liberators. So she is a co-founder of this company called Bellevue, um, which means beautiful view. 
tours company. It's a travel okay. agency. And um, she had this need to create a travel bag because she's always traveling, of course. Um, but the bag is called the Liberators. And throughout the whole bag, she has written all the women that fought in the Haitian Revolution. Yes, that fought. Wow. <laughs> you never hear about these women. And so um, these, she calls it the female freedom fighters, because um, as you know, January 1st, we celebrated New Year's Day mm -hmm. um, in Haiti. They not only celebrated New Year, but they celebrated their independence that they fought for in 1804. I just feel like this bag just stands for so much. I have, I have yet to purchase the bag, but I intend to just because I'm obsessed with it. Just, I have so many questions, um, but I love her story. Hope that we can get her on the podcast one day. Um, but yes, I would take her out for probably coffee. Something tells me she's a coffee drinker. So, but what about you? Who would you take out? I would take out my yoga teacher, Adrian Mishler, who is based in Austin, Texas, actually, and is my yoga teacher virtually. So I've been taking classes with yoga with Adrian for like five years or so at this point. Um, but basically she has, I think like 5.8 million followers on YouTube. This business of hers started out of a commitment to make sure that everyone in the world could have access to free high quality yoga. So she's been releasing free videos every week since 2012. And at the beginning of every year, she releases one video a day and does a 30-day yoga journey every January. So this is my third January doing the 30 days of yoga, you know, 30 days of yoga and 30 days journey. And this, this year's journey is called home. But yeah, just go to YouTube, Yoga with Adrienne, and she's amazing. She is funny. She is deep. She just makes yoga accessible, I think, to everyone. She randomly bursts out in songs. So, you know, she's my <laughs> you guys have that in type common. of person. Like, she randomly sings show tunes, boys to men, you know, the most random things in the middle of yoga. So she just kind of makes you not take it too seriously while taking it seriously as well. So it's just love her. Can't wait to go to Austin to take a live class. But yes, I would take Adrian out for some yogi tea. I like that. Just want to tell our listeners, thank you for joining us on yep. this episode. Be sure to catch us on all the things, sabinaluisa.com, wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to not only listen, but to subscribe and to download and to tell all of your friends and everybody that you know. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.